Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you're enjoying time with your family, uh, whether it is the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, whenever you might be watching this. Um, uh, we just wanted to say Merry Christmas. It has been a year. It has been a crazy year, but at the same time, we can still take time just to remember the reason for the season. Uh, but before we jump into that, you know, um, this is our family. You know, so this is uh, Alex. Alex, how old are you now? Um, 14. 14. This is our Angelie. How old are you, Angelie? Uh, 10. 10. This is Carolina. How old? No, not 25. Gonna, not going to ask that question. Don't get in trouble with that. Uh, our Josiah is not here, but see, there he is. You know, he's, uh, he's at a basketball, you know, thing. So wasn't able to be here. Those of you who have older teenage kids, you know that some of these times, you know, can be challenging. And some of you are away from your family as well. And so we know that that's part of what makes this season difficult is that some of you who usually travel, go to other places, are not able to do so this year. Uh, some of you are most vulnerable, you know, are not able to be with parents or grandparents. And so um, our heart goes out to you, you know, during this time. Uh, but I got a couple questions, you know, for you to be able to look at your family and ask, what is your favorite part of Christmas? You know, what is your favorite part of Christmas? If you get a chance, even right now, ask, you know, those who are sitting around you, you know, put it in the chat. You know, if you're watching, you know, right now through um, uh, Facebook, if you're watching, you know, online, uh, go ahead and put that in chat. What is your favorite part of Christmas? And so let me ask, you know, my family while you're doing, maybe asking yours. So Alex, what is your favorite part of the Christmas season? Probably my favorite part is no school. <laughs> yes, no school. Uh, you know, I feel like it's been kind of no school for most people <laughs> for this this fall. Angelie, what about you? What's your favorite part of Christmas? Getting presents. Getting presents. Do you want? Do you like lots of presents or big presents or little presents? Lots. Lots of presents. I love it. Carolina, what's your favorite part of Christmas? Um, I like all the traditions that we do as a family and then just being together. What's one of your favorites? What's one of what's a what's a uh, fun tradition you love? Probably just like sledding or yeah. cookies and then like cinnamon I have to make rolls. cinnamon rolls. There's just food <laughs> now that I've made that now I have to keep making. So Yeah. Yeah. Or else it just won't be Christmas to them. That's immediately heard the Alex say that, you know, cinnamon rolls. Gotta have mom's cinnamon rolls. You know, I know for me, you know, it's always either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day and that night I'm always watching a Christmas carol. Something I used to do with my dad, you know, that we would celebrate every year. We would watch some version of a Christmas carol. I know, I think, Angela, you told me you watched a Muppet Christmas carol earlier, didn't you? You like that one? Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, we want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. So excited, again, that you would take time out of your day to hopefully make this a tradition. Even if you're usually at church, uh, this is an opportunity to still remember that Jesus is the reason for the season, uh, which... I hope that that is your answer as well. In fact, Angelie, why do we celebrate Christmas? Uh, because we celebrate Jesus' birth. I love it. Absolutely love it. I know some of your traditions are you actually sing happy birthday and make Jesus a cake just to make sure that that's an emphasis. So uh, thanks for joining us. You know, um, Merry Christmas. You know, we're super excited, you know, to see what God is going to do. Uh, but I've got some message that I believe that God wants you to hear this season. I think there is something really, really important, you know, that you need to hear, that you need to embrace and maybe be challenged in also following. So uh, why don't you come with me and, uh, you know, I'm going to let them kind of hang out and we're going to go on a little bit of a journey, you know, as we kind of celebrate this together. So why don't you guys wave goodbye, Bye you know, guys. and I'm going to take off.
I wonder if you've uh, already gotten all of your Christmas stuff done by now. Uh, some people are intentionally procrastinating all the way until the very last moment, uh, as if there needed to be a deadline in order to get some things done. But uh, if, if you could, uh, just go ahead and put it in the chat. If uh, you have gotten all of your presents done, all your presents that you've bought, you wrapped, you know, um, and you're ready to be able to go. This is going to be an epic Christmas for you. I don't know if you've heard, you know, the story about a guy who went and bought his wife a beautiful diamond ring, you know, uh, for Christmas. Uh, his friend said, uh, I thought really that she wanted an SUV, not a diamond ring, to which he looked at him and said, well, she did, but where am I going to find a fake Jeep? It's going to take some of you a couple seconds to actually pick up on that one. Uh, this year, more than ever, I can just tell you, we need something real. We need something genuine. We need something heartfelt. We need something eternal. What a year it's been. I, I mean, I, I started thinking, though, in, in my own life, uh, the, the things that I have bought or received or, uh, and some of the gifts. In fact, I just wonder, what's the greatest gift that you have received? Maybe as a child. You know, what's the greatest gift? Put that in the chat. What's the greatest gift that you've received as a child? Uh, in fact, I started looking at um, all these different lists of, of the most popular, famous gifts over the years. Let me just name a few. How about 1929, right? It's when the yo-yo came out. You know, it was the gift of the year. Or 1936, how about Monopoly? Uh, Monopoly. Um, uh, in 1975, Pet Rock, right? How, how bad was 1975, you know, that Pet Rock would be the gift of the year? Uh, then you hit the 80s. Now, the 80s were legendary, people. Uh, maybe it's because that was my generation. That's what I grew up in. Uh, but in 1983, the Cabbage Patch Kids, or more significantly, the original Nintendo. Now, let me just remind you and remind my kids that I can still beat them in a video game. But it has to be original Nintendo, Super Mario Brothers, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, Tetris, you know, the classic games. And maybe you still have your original, I have mine, you know, as well. Uh, 1984, Transformers, More Than Meets the Eye. What a great, what a great gift. 85, Care Bears, you know, Care Bear Stare, kind of a creepy, you know, kind of little doll. Um, you, you start going through the course of the year. In like 2005, I know things changed dramatically with the technology as the Xbox 360 comes out or 2010 when the Apple iPad came out. Or as many of you know, especially if you have girls, in 2014, Disney's Frozen Snow Glow Elsa doll, right? Let it go, let it go. But here's what I know. The, I can guarantee you the most popular gift of 2020 it has already been sold out this year, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. The gift that keeps on giving, yep, I'm talking about toilet paper, right? Toilet paper. I mean, talk about a gift that was hard to get in 2020. Hand sanitizer would be a, a second, and a close third would be a mask, you know, as we look into 2020. But you know, the greatest gift that someone can receive is a gift of a child. It's a child. A child, a miracle of life. Uh, I can't help think and remember back to when I had my first child. And I remember Josiah, you know, in my arms and I was just holding on to him. And I, I just imagine, I'm like, what will this child be? Uh, what will his interests be? What will his passions and desires be? 
And uh, I, I uh, prayed hard, you know, that uh, he would be a, a Seahawk and a Husky fan. I'm not going to lie. You know, that he would be that. Uh, and, uh, and God answered that prayer. You know, <laughs> just you know, almost lost him while we were in Arizona. Almost became a Cardinal fan, but that's a whole different story. But kids, they're so precious, especially when they're so young. Uh, and how stressful is it for parents to come up with naming a child? In fact, uh, many parents will spend many hours, I know we did, just trying to think, who will this child be and what should his or her name become? And then you always want to do the banana song, you know, Dan, Dan, Fofan, Banana, Ban, just so you don't get the, the taunting or the name calling. Now, some parents have done better than others. Uh, let me be honest. Uh, when it comes to naming their kids and kind of the names that and the nicknames that would come out, uh, like, let me give you a, a couple examples, you know, here. For example, the Mann family, okay? So the Mann family decided to name their daughter Anita. Anita Mann. Come on, people. You got to do better than that. Or the Bluff family literally named their daughter Collier. Collier Bluff, right? Uh, how about the Turner family who named their daughter Paige? Paige Turner, really? Or the Case family who named their son Justin? Justin Case? See, sometimes parents get it right, but you know, sometimes they don't get it right when it comes to naming a child. But there was a perfect gift. There is a perfect gift. And he did come as a baby. He came as a child. And his name is Jesus. In fact, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says, She, Mary, will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet Isaiah. Look, the virgin will be with child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. See, the greatest gift that you and I can receive at this time of year and throughout the year is this child named Jesus. Now that name Jesus means savior, save his people from their sins. Now, some of you uh, believe that as long as I'm a good person, I'll get a chance to go to heaven. The problem with that thought is good compared to what? Good compared to whom? A lot of us, when we're comparing whether we're good enough to get to heaven, we're always comparing down. Well, compared to rapists or murderers and like, well, where's the line? For the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned. None of us are good enough to get to heaven, that we need a savior and his name again is Jesus. In fact, John 3, 16, God tells us the greatest gift that he could give us is this child. For this is how God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son. What a gift. Who would be willing to give up their child for the sake of other people, even those who would reject him? So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. It's a gift that is given but it's only valuable when you actually receive the gift. It's like this amazing gift, this, this like lottery winning ticket that's out there. But until you take the ticket to get redeemed, it makes no practical difference in your life or in mine. See, gifts we will receive and share this Christmas season, they won't last. As we talked about earlier, the gifts that we thought were so exciting when we were kids many of which are collecting dust or are in a garbage heap. But here is a gift, the gift of a child that will last through all life and through all eternity as our Lord and Savior.
His name will be Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, there is another name that is mentioned in this verse, and that's the name that I want you to hold on to. Let's talk about it. So this other name that is given to Jesus is Emmanuel. It says the virgin will be with child and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So not only is our savior, but when we receive Jesus as our savior, he is with us. Now, what does that mean? I mean, we, we, we sing the song, O come, O come, Emmanuel, on a regular basis uh, as we go through each Christmas season. Uh, but it's the incarnation. What that means is God became man that he dwelt among us. But I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't see Jesus. I'm, I'm not, you know, holding this child in my arms and I'm not seeing him grow up. I didn't see him on the cross or raised from the dead. But this idea of Emmanuel is so significant when you receive him as savior. In fact, Isaiah chapter nine, verse six tells us exactly what this means. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. That is the description of what Emmanuel is for us on this day that we celebrate each year. Uh, for example, wonderful counselor. Uh, how often do I need a counselor in life? How often do you need a counselor in life? For wisdom and guidance beyond yourself. That's what happens when you receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. His spirit comes inside of us to counsel us, to guide us through prayer, through his word. We also, though, need a mighty God, some power, the, some strength in the midst of storms that comes. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You have strength in the midst of a storm. You have strength in the midst of 2020 that's beyond yourself because of mighty God. We also need an everlasting father. Many of us have had great families and if Christmas doesn't do anything else, it reminds us of our families. We gather together and we're excited about the hope that we have with Jesus at the center, but many of us grew up with painful family experiences. And yet what God is providing is let me be that to you both now and forever. Let me be the father that you need. Even if you had a great father, let me be the guide in your life and may you treat one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. When you accept Jesus, you become part of his family. And so we're now part of an everlasting family adopted because of our connection to Jesus Christ. And then it says, Prince of Peace. In this, in this year, I think about the economic uncertainty the political uncertainty, the racial uncertainty, and the medical uncertainty of what's going on. How much do I need peace? Do you need peace right now in this world? We need peace. How do we receive it? It's not the peace that the world gives. Jesus says it's peace of heart and mind that only he can give. In other words, it is a rock. It is a foundation. It is a peace inside of us beyond description beyond understanding. So we cast our anxieties, we cast our cares upon him, and then we receive a peace that surpasses all understanding. That only happens when we receive Jesus as savior. He becomes Emmanuel, God with us, as a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, 
and as our Prince of Peace. But there's one more aspect that I don't want you to miss. And that is that word Emmanuel does not mean God is with me. I've always thought that like, well, thank you. God is with you. Although that's true, but the word specifically means God is with us. It's plural. So you understand the best way to experience Emmanuel, the best way to experience Jesus as savior is when we experience him together. When we experience him in small groups with him at the center, when we come together, not just for Christmas services, but on a regular basis to sing and to learn and to grow together. When we come alongside and we weep with those who weep and we mourn with those who mourn and we rejoice with those who rejoice and we do life together with Jesus at the center. Do you know what we're doing? We're epitomizing, we're exemplifying Emmanuel, God with us together. In fact, I think about this last year at Valley Real Life, for those who don't know, and when we're having Emmanuel together, I get so excited that what God does through us to those who are in need. God has done some amazing things in our, in our kids' ministry, in our youth ministry. It's been a kind of a place of refuge. I know that we have fed thousands of people who are in need when this first you know, COVID thing hit back in March. Uh, We've helped the CV Unified School District with kids who needed to have some wireless internet in order to actually get through some of the online challenges that many are facing on a regular basis. We've come alongside small business owners and we've supported them. We've we've come alongside and encouraged and supported our, our, our first responders, especially those in the medical field. And we wanna continue to be that kind of church, which is why we're taking this offering called Joy to the World. Why would we do that? It's because we have received Jesus as Savior. We have received Emmanuel, God with us, and it compels us to be that to other people. See, Christmas is great. It's about gift giving and receiving. But what greater gift could we possibly ever receive than the gift of Jesus Christ? that God gave this gift that is still yet to be received, as I've already said, until we say, Jesus, you first, you first. And let's enjoy the other aspects of what the Christmas season brings. But I hope that right now, as we go into another song, that you just take time to process. Can you just process everything that we've kind of talked about, what that means for you personally? Do you need to accept Jesus as savior? Do you need to be reminded that when you do, that he is Emmanuel, God with us, that he is the things that we described? And can you lean on that more now than ever before? If so, I need you to understand and I need you to know that God loves you and he's calling you to come and see what he has done. Come and see the story and experience it firsthand the story of amazing love. Say